Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Build your life on His promises. Not one of them will fail you. It may seem impossible, but you've been believing God to lead and guide your life. You've been asking Him, He'll do it. You've been believing God to help you in your circumstances. He'll be true and help you. He'll be your guide even unto death, the scripture says. You've been asking God to put light in your darkness. I've never known him to fail. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and Saying that you have faith in God is one thing, but the true evidence of this profession is found in your actions. Does the way you live your life show that you truly trust in God? Or are there decisions you make just in case God doesn't come through on His promise? In today's message, Pastor Ed encourages us that we can build our life on God's promises. He can do so much more in our lives than we could ever imagine by ourselves if we just let Him. Let God and He will never let you down. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. Chuck Swindoll said, Laughter is the most beautiful and beneficial therapy God ever granted humanity. It's a wonderful gift from God. And so when the promise is given and the promise is birth in your life, whatever that promise may be, you may be waiting on God for the salvation of some loved one. You may trust God for some healing in your life. You may be waiting on God to do something in your life. Whenever that's birthed and realized, it's a reminder to you of his faithfulness and it comes on the wings of joy. Now, whenever God fulfills this promise in our life, gives birth to a promise in our life. You know what it does also? It increases our responsibility to obey. The birth of a promise calls us to deeper obedience. As Abraham walked with God, God required more of him. As God showed himself faithful to Abraham, God was expecting Abraham the mirror that in faithfulness to God. In Genesis 17.1, it reads, When Abraham, or Abram, was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, walk before me blameless. The more we know of God, the more we ought to reflect of God. The more we have seen his faithfulness, the more we ought to exhibit faith in him. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. The songwriter wrote, how true that is. We must trust and obey. And we go on from trusting to obeying and trusting more and obeying more. See, God calls us to ever-increasing faith, to ever-increasing trust. Abraham had to remember some old lessons. You know, 
To obey the earlier commands of God is something that Abraham had to do. When the son was born, verse 4 of chapter 21 reads, When son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham named him Isaac. God told them years before his name would be Isaac. Abraham obeyed. God said, I'm giving you this covenant that you are to perpetuate in your family. You're to circumcise your household. And he did exactly what God had told him years ago. Go back for a moment into the journal of your life, into your journey with God. What did God teach you years ago about the use of your money? What had he shown you about your devotional life? Years ago, what did God specifically teach you about areas of obedience? Don't forget those lessons because they're vital to your future. They're vital to receiving the promises of God, to walking in faith. Abraham had to look back and remember those earlier commands, those earlier lessons, and he had to practice them. Our life is sustained by obedience. Now, it's not only the lessons in the past that we must recall and remember and practice But do you know that the longer you walk with God, well, obeying him does not become easier. I know you didn't want to hear that, but it's true. Look with me at the text at verses 11 and 12. Now, this is referring to Abraham's son, Ishmael. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your maidservant. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. When Isaac was being weaned, would have been about three years old, Ishmael was looking on, and he began to mock, to ridicule. Sarah, Isaac's mother, noticed it. And was enraged. There was friction in that home for years between Sarah and Hagar. And suddenly it broke out and Sarah in a burst of anger said, That boy and his mother out of the house. They're gone, Abraham. You know how Abraham felt? Fathers, think for a moment. If all of a sudden the child that you loved... The child that you held dear. You celebrated his birthdays. You went out with him hunting. You taught him to play. Suddenly, you have to push him out of the house. How would any parent feel? A young man has passion. An older man has compassion. The older we grow, the more compassionate generally we become. And there Abraham was attached to his son Ishmael. I think the first temptation that Abraham had was this. In this case, Sarah's losing it. She's angry. Well, the manner in which she counseled her husband was wrong. But what she said was right. God came 
to Abraham and said, she's right. Ishmael has to go. How difficult that was. For a moment, let's just go behind the curtain. And perhaps God was thinking about some of these things. If Isaac and Ishmael grow up in the same household, Ishmael's unbelief, character, would adversely impact Isaac. And Isaac might not grow up to be the man that God intended him to be. And so that influence would have a negative impact on this future patriarch. Or perhaps, maybe God was thinking about a day when he would give Abraham even a greater challenge. He would say to Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, and offer him up to me on Mount Moriah. And perhaps if Ishmael was still in the home, he would have fell back and thought, well, I still have Ishmael. I don't have to worry about it because at least I have another son. Well, I don't know all of the reasons that God had, but neither do I have to know. Because sometimes God asks you to do things that you don't understand. Sometimes, rationally, they don't make sense to you. Sometimes the question marks loom so big in your mind that if you focus on it, you'll slip into depression. Abraham had come to know God. And he had come to know that when God fulfills his promises in our lives, sometimes those promises carry with them greater responsibility and greater obligation to obey. Abraham obeyed even when it was difficult. And so you may be at some juncture in your life and God is asking you to do something and you just don't understand why and it doesn't make sense. Just obey. The older we get, the more God severs our heart from this world. You know, that's true. It's true. Our culture wants us to constantly look back. An old man needs more than memories of the past. He has to have a dream for the future. And God was giving Abraham and Sarah a dream for the future. How do we deal with the things that God asks us to give up? Sometimes it's that last child leaving home. Sometimes it's that loss of physical strength. Our culture would have us live looking back to perpetual youth. Our God would have us live looking forward to a city whose builder and maker is him. God has designed aging for our good, not for our bad. So that we might look to him and lean on him and keep our eyes focused on the true meaning and destiny of our lives. A third thing that I want you to see from this text. We've looked at how the birth of the promise 
causes us to focus on the faithfulness of God. And the birth of the promise creates in us a greater responsibility to obey. It deepens our obedience to God. But it does something else in your life and in my life. It shows us the incredible ability of God. Underline that. Write that in your heart. Remember that again and again. The birth of the promise centers our attention on the miraculous ability of God. Verse 14 of chapter 18, God says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? If God is God, he can do anything. If God is who he says he is, nothing's impossible with him. God really is God. He's not just applying for the job. Say that with me. God really is God. He's not just applying for the job. He's not giving you a resume or a job description that he cannot fulfill. What he says in this book, he can do. Now, there was a miracle of Isaac's birth. God said he could give an old man and an old woman a new child. And he did it. Verse 5. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. It was beyond their ability to produce this child physically. But God did something in Abraham's body. He rejuvenated. He made him a miracle there. God did something in Sarah's body. There was a miracle that transpired. I tell you, though, I think the greatest miracle is this, that a hundred-year-old person could take care of a toddler. God bless him. (laughs) There was a constant miracle that Abraham had to live in and that, that Sarah had to live in. Now, life is lived forward, not in reverse. God was giving Abraham and Sarah something to hope for. You've all heard of, in psychology, self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, I think one of the self-fulfilling prophecies that's so damaging in our generation is that age means you're antiquated, that the best years are over. We see its message again and again. They advertise young people on television, selling the ads and selling it in the news magazines and all of the ads presenting youth as that which we must constantly go back. No, no, no. Listen, I'll tell you. I wouldn't go back and be a teenager for all the money in the world you could pay me. I'm glad right where I am now. God means us to live life forward, not In reverse, life, life is meant to become more meaningful with years. Anybody who has studied psychology knows the name Eric Erickson. You've read his theories. Do you know that in 1989, at 87 years old, he was still writing books? And he wrote a book with his wife. And it was titled, Vital Involvements in Old Age. And he based it on personal interviews of women and men in their 80s and 90s. And he made this observation. There are some that were struggling physically, but had a great 
spirit on the inside. They were joyful, triumphant. There were others who were physically strong and well, but they were wasting away in loneliness and despair. And his book concerned his observations of that. I think what God did in Abraham and Sarah's life and for every generation to follow, you're never too old to live out God's promise in your life. God chose to give Abraham and Sarah a young child. Why in the world did he do that? Well, I think they had a lot to teach Isaac. They had just accumulated in the last 25 years incredible stories of faith. And they imparted them to Isaac. I hope our older saints are mentoring younger ones. Telling them of the victories. Telling them of their defeats. But imparting to them wisdom so that they could do better than we've ever done God was giving Sarah and Abraham this wonderful trust of raising Isaac up. Some of you have found yourself in that situation. Some are grandparents and you're raising your grandchildren. Some of you are in a situation where you're really involved in maybe your grandchildren's lives and they're so dependent on you. Take it as from the hand of God because you have an opportunity to teach them the great lessons of faith, to write, as it were, on their heart the stories of faith. Someone has said, and I thought this was insightful, the first 40 years of life give us the text. The next 30 supply us the commentary. What is your life commenting on what is your life speaking to people about Abraham his life spoke to them about faith Sarah her life spoke about God's ability to do absolutely the impossible oh please 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 don't get stuck at one level of faith in your life don't get stuck in a rut and just sort of Turn the wheels there and just never get out. Abraham and Sarah kept on moving forward in God, kept on learning greater and greater things, kept on moving forward to that light where they became more and more like God. Let that be the story of your life. God doesn't mean for you to merely be caught in some spiritual malaise. Can I hear an amen? Amen. All right. There was also not only the miracle of Isaac's birth, the miracle of Ishmael's future. There's an incredible dialogue in these 20 verses of chapter 21. God is speaking. Abraham is speaking. Hagar is speaking. Sarah is speaking. But the dominant character is God. He's in control of everything. Now you remember it was Abraham and Sarah's decision to try and help God out and they made a mess of things. But even though they made a mess of things, 
No child is an accident in God's sight. God's able to take the mess we make and make something beautiful out of it. I mean, as we look back on our lives, wouldn't you love to go back and redo some things? I think all of us would. But I'm so grateful that our God can take that mess and make something good of it. Listen to the text. In verse 20 of chapter 21, God was with the boy as he grew up. This is not speaking of Isaac, though he was with Isaac. This is speaking of Ishmael. See, God was with Ishmael, watching all of the circumstances of his life. Abraham had to put him out of the house, but that didn't mean it put him out of God's care. Some of you look back and you say, boy, if I could possibly go back and undo what I did, take that, put that in his hands, watch him transform it, change it, and use it for good. God said, I'm going to make Ishmael a great nation, Abraham. See, God's purpose for Isaac was different from Ishmael's. But God wasn't neglecting Ishmael. He hadn't forgotten him. God still had a purpose in Ishmael's life. I want you to know that the God that we serve is so concerned about people. Don't ever write off anyone. Don't ever write off anybody. Because God can do incredible things in the most difficult circumstances, in the most trying of times. Let God put his hand to it. I want to conclude the message with this thought. Imprint it in your heart. Write it in your Bible. Remember it. God is the God of the promise. He keeps his word, even when that seems impossible, even when the circumstances seem to point in the opposite. God can do incredible things. Abraham, you know what he was remembered for? Not his failures but he was remembered for his faith. And that's the way it is with God. In Hebrews 11, he's put in the great hall of fame of the men of faith. And there Abraham is. And God remembers none of the failures, none of the falls. I don't know where you stand today, but I want to encourage you. Stand on the promises. That's solid ground. Build your life on his promises. Not one of them will fail you. It may seem impossible, but you've been believing God to lead and guide your life. You've been asking him. He'll do it. You've been believing God to help you in your circumstances He'll be true and help you. He'll be your guide even unto death, the scripture says. You've been asking God to put light in your darkness. I've never known him to fail. You'd be the first. 
and he's not going to let you be the first. How faithful he is. How faithful. Building in faith. As we walk through the life of Abraham, we ultimately see that God did indeed fulfill every promise. Even though Abraham was very old and his wife had been barren for years and years, God's will could not be prevented from happening. The promised child was born and the nation of Israel began. Abraham followed God's directions even when it didn't make any sense. And his faith stands out as a shining example to us today. Even when life around you doesn't make sense, God's purposes can't be stopped. He'll do everything he's promised. We hope these messages have been encouraging to you also as you journey along this life with the Lord. We love bringing the word to you, but we know that life is meant to be done in community with others. Are you plugged into a local church? If you're in the Poughkeepsie, New York area, we'd love to see you at Faith Assembly. Our services are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. You can find out more on our website, buildinginfaithradio.com, or give us a call at 845-462-5955. We'd love to talk with you about any questions you have or walk through what it means to give your life to Christ. That number once again is 845-462-5955. That's all we have time for today. We pray you step forward in faith, leaning on God to provide all you need along the way. Join us again on Building in Faith Radio to learn more about the life of Abraham with Dr. Ed Jones. Your word restores.